Hello, welcome to Flow with Flow, a new podcast all about contemporary dance. I'm in training and I thought a podcast would be a really good excuse to chat some leading choreographers, performers and everybody in between. I'm now going to pass over to Flo in the studio, which is also known as my bedroom floor. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Just oh, today's a work day for me, so yeah, I'm just cracking on. Okay, lots to do. Yeah. <laughs> One of those days. I saw you at the Verve show, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't manage to catch you. Oh yeah, I didn't see you. Oh, yeah, it was really great. Yeah, really glad I got to see that. It was yeah. a beautiful show, really, wasn't really it? Really impressive. Yeah, and I was there um, on Thursday as well. Alethea Antonia had her solo. That was really good too. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to miss that because I was doing the Hafesh workshop. Oh, okay. But it was um part of the Black Women in Leadership. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to the whole day event, um, but I just went for the show in the evening, and yeah, it was good. It was a. It seemed like a really good conference. Annoyingly, I couldn't see the whole thing, so I was doing Hofesh. But next year, <laughs> how was the Hofesh workshop? Yeah, it was incredible. Oh, great! Oh, that's good. It was a couple of the dancers that were teaching it. Yes, so it was Bruno, the artistic director, and then Yuji, one of their dancers, who's been with them for 14 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> so, Maioa, do you want to do an in, in, intro? <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> Where did you train? What are you doing now? I trained at Laban um, from 2014 to 17. So I was there um, living in London. I'm from London. So I grew up and yeah, I trained at Laban. Um, and while I was in my training, I did the um, I don't know if they still do it now, Ballet Boys Dancers course. Um, I was doing that in my first year as well. So that was a weekend course, so it was like every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, um, and um obviously the normal Monday to Friday for a year. And then when I graduated, then I joined Phoenix as an apprentice dancer. Um, and that was, yeah, the apprenticeship through the Northern Scheme, um, which was great. I loved it. I think that was like a um, really transformative year for me. And um, I did a couple of weeks, few weeks of work with them afterwards to like, continue the tour. Um, and I got a job um, with Uchenna Dance Company in London. So I moved to London to work with them um, on a show called Handsome Gretel, um, which was great. That was my first, yeah, first um, professional work um, outside of the apprenticeship. And then um, at the same time, then got a job with ACE. So I was kind of moving between London and Birmingham, freelancing, um, which was quite hectic, but um, it was good. And then I worked full time with ACE for like a year. Um, and then the pandemic happened. And so that happened just before um, the end of my contract there. But I was leaving the company anyway. So it kind of it was only two months um, before the end. So it kind of felt quite timely for me to leave Birmingham. So I left Birmingham, still was working with Ace remotely, but left. And uh, then I joined Rosie Kay, dance company, 
um at the end of 2021 I think for Romeo and Juliet um and then I um yeah since yeah then I lose track of like um the chronology of things but yeah I've worked with Food Nation a company based in London, um, and most recently Seke, Chiminto Wende, with um, but the two of them still working on these shows. So we had some shows last year, tours, and then more this year. Um, and then also various other companies in between that. And I've also been uh, kind of since 2020, I've been doing more teaching as well. Um, uh, taught a few times at Northern um, as a, and like cat schemes and all these things. Um, so yeah, lots of um, performance work and then a bit of teaching in between jobs is yeah what I'm up to and then at the moment I'm making a film as well a dance film so lovely what's the film yeah I was saying it's just um it's a really small project with uh, we got some funding from Leeds Inspired um and it's me and my partner who's a visual artist um a lot of his work is mainly um murals or illustrations and drawing but um he's been experimenting with film in the last couple of years and um our friend will addy who's a composer um and dj and artist um so yeah we've been working to make this film and it's kind of a it's quite broad the um the the themes i guess or the um idea it's quite an abstract narrative but essentially about embodiment and um human connection with um our surrounding our environment and and kind of when that um what happens when it feels um that there's disequilibrium and um disconnection and yeah nice the human connection side sounds quite similar to like what we went through with covid as dancers yeah actually i suppose so yeah we didn't even think about it from that lens at all um but yes yeah now you've pointed it out it actually does um yeah because i think like our angle or our, um inspiration is more about what's happening with the climate um but it's it's true like that it's like also covid and that is also a kind of result of a lot of things as well with the um our effect as humans on nature so <laughs> yeah it's all connected isn't it nice that's amazing I have such climate anxiety it's awful and it's kind of about like but what do you do when you have that because it kind of kind of immobilize you um and um like from how then is it possible to find a state of, of repair or a connection again um because we kind of you kind of need some sense of hope yeah but also fear that's also a big driving force I part of me thinks that I'm fearful enough you know it's the people with the oil that need to be more fearful yeah uh, yeah and like realistic and like and um just less um selfish (laughs) yeah um but yeah yeah there's a lot of fear and but how do you not collapse entirely basically yeah um that's not really what it's about I guess that's what the the was our starting conversation um and then we've made this film like kind of from those conversations I think it's great that so many people are going to climate change as inspiration for art I think it's something that really needs to be happening Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I don't, it's not like we're making this to like make some sort of change. I don't think it's going to change anything. I think that the process is just, is more important often for me than the final product. It's not like, oh, watch this and inspire people to do this and that. It's definitely not that at all. Um, it, it's like a, like I said, kind of experiment for us and a way to just like um, gather our thoughts and feelings and, um, be um yeah find creative ways to express them lovely so you've been up and down from London a lot yeah yeah I do um yeah I think I work a lot in London generally um and but I'm based in Leeds nice what made you pick Leeds over London um well I first moved here to work with Phoenix and um really enjoyed the city and like the community of dancers here um there's many reasons like it's a great city I really like it but also it's a lot cheaper than London that's a massive factor <laughs> you know as a freelancer um it is helpful to have a cheaper living costs and if I'm moving around for work anyway and like working between various cities like in a couple of weeks time I'm going well next week yeah the week after next I'm going to Bristol so it's like I might as well live somewhere cheaper than um you know spend lots of rent in London where I might not always need to be there um also my family live there so when I go there I often stay with them um so that also you know it's a bit massive advantage for work and um I really like that Leeds has northern school um it means there's lots of dancers lots of freelancers here um there's always um stuff to do yeah yeah lots of friends here that I made from that friendship like outside of dance um so yeah plenty of reasons to stay here and Leeds has actually got an incredible amount of dance. There's so much going on. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I mean, like, it's great that you've got classes at Middle Floor that are popping off and um, and other places around um, lots of workshops. Um, yeah, lots of performances and shows. There's always stuff to see. It's great. And it's quite well connected, I think, Leeds to like, other places. Like, it's only two hours on the train to London. Um, and a couple of hours to other places as well like Birmingham as well so yeah it's not far although the train is getting very expensive <laughs> yeah oh yeah that is definitely true <laughs> yeah sometimes it's ridiculous it costs me like so expensive yeah I, I went to London last week and it cost me like 90 quid oh my gosh and I mean I did book it a little bit last and that's with a rail card as well oh you, you usually only travel when it's work related now because like they could you know that can justify the then reimbursing the cost otherwise or a coach or something because yeah yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> where are you from so so I'm from I grew up um in the countryside near Bristol oh, okay. so I always danced in Bristol but I'm from yeah, it's a little village, yeah. so middle of nowhere. Oh. But I also grew up a little bit with my grandparents in Devon on a farm. Oh, really? So I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm very much not city. <laughs> More tractors than cars. Country <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. girl. <laughs> Definitely. Leeds is very urban for me. Uh, and how do you find being in Leeds then? Um, well, I moved here. Um, I moved here when I was 16, so I'm quite used to it now. But... I, I still miss, um, I miss like having some kind of fresh air. Leeds is definitely urban. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely urban. <laughs> but also like there's no chance in the countryside you can watch performances or train or anything like that. So like it's where I need to be. 
but I love being in a city. Also, you can't go out. You can't do anything in the countryside. You just drink cider in a field with your friends. <laughs> it's not the same. I mean, that's also fun. Did you have like a local um, dance class that you went to? Is that how you got into um, dancing? So I got into dancing because when I was about three, I told my mum that I was going to be a ballerina. <laughs> I did exactly the same. <laughs> that never happened, I'll be honest. But <laughs> I told my mum I was going to be a ballerina and then she put me in ballet classes local just local ballet classes and then I sort of just never stopped and then I went to do you know Rise Youth Dance in Bristol um no I don't know Bristol well at all that's okay it's the same I trained with you know Alex Gosmore Cato yeah yeah I know Alex yeah yeah we all trained at Rise oh okay okay um yeah, so that's how I trained. And then I went to Swindon dance for a year. Yeah, I know quite a few people that went to Swindon, um, like Kat, I think. Um, yeah, some reason lots of people that I trained with went, came from them. I guess it's quite like a um, lots of people from places nearby, like that's the closest, like Cat scheme, so <laughs> everyone goes there. <laughs> Everyone from Bristol to Reading, that was the only cat scheme. So everyone was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you big in choreography? Like, do you want to make more of your own work? Or are you more teaching based? Or I think generally I'm more performance based. And that's what, since I've um, graduated, um, that's what I've been doing more of, um, performing and um, um, creating it as a performer yeah. um, with choreographers and directors um less mm-hmm. of my own stuff I've always been really interested in choreographing work um I think I'm p- particularly interested in the research aspect of things um yeah and um and collaboration with people but uh yeah and, and then teaching actually came as more of like a um that wasn't something I knew I was interested in until a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, and that came more of a second uh, during the pandemic when there was less work performance wise because you couldn't really be anywhere. You could always, um, I had a lot of teaching opportunities, people asking, can you come, can you teach on Zoom this class or this class for or this workshop? And then so that's kind of, I was teaching a bit before that when I worked with ACE, a big part of their um, um, requirements as a, a dancer for the company is that you teach um classes uh, for their youth programs um and their education system is great so I always enjoyed teaching um that and, and I learned a lot from teaching um there which I guess is yeah why I've continued and is is quite good to do in between um, performance jobs in between um, R&Ds and tours and things um yeah that's what what seems to be um landing at the moment <laughs> more performing a bit of teaching and then perhaps some like more interest in research and choreography yeah because you taught me improv I think last year mm-hmm. yeah um I remember you had a very good playlist <laughs> thanks that's what I enjoy a lot about teaching is, <laughs> is to make the playlist <laughs> I uh, I remember going up at the end to ask you for the playlist, and there was already like ten of my friends there. 
<laughs> and with improv it's fun as well because like with music <clears throat> you can be I think I feel a lot freer than when I'm um, teaching technique because uh it, yeah you know definitely I mean? like, yeah you kind of creating a vibe I feel like a DJ <laughs> <laughs> Because when you came, you taught Laban technique? Uh, yeah, I was teaching some aspects of Laban theory. Yeah, yeah, that's something that interests me. And that, that's something that we um, taught, well, taught a little bit of school chorological studies. And that was like a, um, I think we only did maybe a term for in first year and a term in second year on it, or maybe a bit more. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't extensive. Um, so it's definitely something that piqued my interest at the time. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting technique as well. Is it something like um, for your teaching, is it a practice you're continuously working on or do you just work with things you're interested in at the time or is it something that you like research and find for yourself and then teach? Mm, that's a good question, actually. I think um, usually it's stuff that I'm interested in at the time, but with that in particular, it's something I do want to research more on and and um investigate more um just yes yeah, trying to it's that balance of finding the time when to do that yeah I like reading it's great to have like a, a like year or so like studying again I guess doing a master's or uh, or something more informal um and just reading but uh, yeah that hasn't happened <laughs> yeah oh my gosh it would be lovely to just have a year of complete research it would it would <laughs> unfortunately you've got to pay bills and people don't pay you for that exactly yeah that's the thing to not have to worry about that would be great but um but yeah usually with teaching um uh, it's more stuff especially with techniques stuff that I'm interested in at the time this is more of a question for my own good in London and Leeds what are your favorite classes or jams um that I can go to oh See that uh, do you know, I do you know I find that a quite a tricky question because um when I'm in London I'm usually there to work so I don't often um have, find opportunities to go to just classes do you know what I mean like if I'm there for six weeks on a project I'm just there <laughs> in and out um so I and I feel like it's been quite years now since I've lived there properly um and and when I was a student there it was like year to or I found myself going to classes and things the landscape's changed quite a bit like there's um, classes that were on then like I used to always go to Greenwich dance um because that was really cheap and they'd always have morning class um and that's just like yeah a lot of classes that used to happen don't anymore or or happen in different ways um so I'm sorry if I might be able to give you a good answer for um London I'd say um no, do you know what? trip space I usually enjoy going to because they have a lot of um different they have a lot of people that do residencies there and then put on classes. Um they've also got a lot of yoga and other workshops that they do regularly. Um so... Okay. No, that's useful. I'll keep I'll keep this in mind. And obviously Leeds it's like middle floor is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's saviour in Leeds is middle floor. Those pro classes are so good. Yeah. No, it is it's really great that what they're doing. I really, really yeah, it's lovely. appreciate that. And there's some really cool people that run classes. Yeah. Would you look into teaching at middle floor? Um, I actually was due to teach um, not this week, but the next week. But I um, recently just got a job, so I'm not um, afraid of then. Oh, 
maybe another time. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> so when you left training at Laban, obviously I think most people when they leave training are scared and moving back in with their parents. How did you navigate getting a job and like getting past that first really sticky stage? Yeah. Um, well, when I graduated, I, I had an apprenticeship set up. So I guess I, I did kind of, um, I felt quite fortunate knowing what I was going to do. Um, because it is quite a scary period, like in your third year. And I definitely felt a lot, I, I, I do remember quite vividly feeling like a lot of, um, like heavy tension in the atmosphere in class. <laughs> leading up to graduation because people like some people like were going for auditions and some people didn't know what they wanted to do and uh, getting jobs as well and then it, they felt like this like pressure to know exactly what you want to do do and to have it set up for when you graduate it really is pressure I'm watching the third years go through it now and the atmosphere is crazy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I've I'd been teaching the third years, um, not not at this period, so I guess they were a little bit more relaxed. I taught them in uh, I think it was October, something like that, November, um, and yeah, but even then, like yeah, when talking giving tutorials, you can see that there's that there's this kind of like oh, you know, you know, about to leave this safety net. It is really scary to do that. I really do try and say to people that you don't have to have something set up straight away. And if anything, it can be quite quite good to just give yourself like time to think and space and like um, you'll figure things out like everyone does. Um, but for me, yeah, I had that apprenticeship. I think um, I can't remember exactly when um, I I found out about that. I think because that was the first audition. I did, but I didn't find out about it until like after doing several auditions. Um, but um, yeah, so I had, but I did find that I guess relatively early on. So uh, I felt quite relatively settled in that. So that's quite fortunate. And then I started that job four weeks after graduating. It wasn't um, enough time to really like ponder much stuff. I'm just en um, yeah, enjoying that little break. It's good. No time to panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but of course I've been around my peers as well. Who, who some some were panicking, some weren't, and uh, but and like, and they all figured out their different paths. And yeah, I, I definitely, it's no need to panic. Um, yeah, but I, I get that you know people want to um just know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I think people are also just stressed because even if you do get a job or an apprenticeship or an MA what other industry do you have to pay for your apprenticeship like, yeah yeah you know. exactly because I, I could yeah the thing is with apprenticeships I do think they're amazing in terms of like the um, experience and the um like development you get but you have to pay for them <laughs> like so it doesn't yeah so it's not really accessible for everyone um because like I say, for me, that was transformative and I, and I would recommend them. But also I feel funny about that because it's not not everyone can afford to do that. Um, some people yeah, might need to go back home or uh, need to work that whole year. Or um... No, it's it's very difficult. I mean, the dance industry is still very inaccessible, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And like some like, um, I don't know if things might have changed slightly, but when at the time of Phoenix, they did subsidise some, like gave some a bit a grant um or I don't know what exactly they called it but like a little bit of money 
but I mean it's still you know it's not like gonna thing and um but then the thing is like when you're doing them you often can't work at the same time because you know you're doing a full-time job it's quite it'd be and you wouldn't be getting the most out of it if you then had to work on a weekend top of that it'd be quite draining um that's the thing if you do work the only time you've really got is in the evenings but then if you're working like at a bar you get about three hours sleep and you've got to exactly be training yeah. the whole next day and it would not doable. affect how you're of the stuff you're getting out of it I mean yeah I think some people can have done it and like it's definitely possible but like you might like your body might suffer for it for a bit yeah no it's definitely not easy I mean I think the industry does seem to be changing but there's definitely still a slight vibe of like I mean the amount of male choreographers <laughs> considering how many men are training <laughs> yeah yeah that's true there's definitely a lot of imbalances um yeah in the industry, for sure for sure but I think it is slowly changing with the new generation and people are working on it yeah yeah hopefully yeah, that's the thing I hope so I don't know what's going on behind the scenes in some some no places, but um... I'm not sure I want to know what's going on behind the scenes in some places <laughs> No, I think it I think it is slowly shifting and like I guess that is also up to us and like this generation, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think uh, things are changing in what dancers want as well, maybe. Yeah. Like, um, the sort of jobs people want. Uh, I mean, just I don't know, I've not done any like market research or anything. <laughs> um, but anecdotally it seems so a lot of my peers are interested in doing like short term projects. Um less like um year contracts um less like um full-time company work like interested in working with lots of different people um and in and work in different interesting spaces and um yeah less of the stuff that maybe seen more traditional yeah um, there also isn't very much full-time work left really yeah no there isn't and there wasn't even when I graduated like how long six years ago <laughs> so, so even less now <laughs> um, yeah I mean yeah I don't know the statistics on that but yeah there, there never has been and there, there there isn't much so I don't think when I, I speak to sometimes students uh, like when I was um, teaching um, uh, uh, Northern stuff and other students like seems like and it's definitely the case when I was at school that the idea of being a full-time company is like the goal um, but I really think that um, people should reconsider <laughs> um, or question maybe why that is and maybe because we're used to being in full-time training so you think that that is that is better for you or um, but it actually I, I know a lot of people that try to do that doing that and then realize that maybe it isn't for them and they much prefer to. I guess I guess people want it because obviously the rent's going to come out monthly, so you kind of want the money to come in monthly as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's the security of the of your income for sure. But also in the dance industry, I mean, the security is never going to be at the level of like maybe an office job or something. I think part of it is sort of working with that maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not getting paid as much as other industries, that's for sure. No, <laughs> no definitely not. <laughs> I was also speaking to someone from, well, there was a and a with, I think it was like the artistic director of Scottish Dance. Gosh, I, I can't actually remember. And they said that there are only three companies now in the UK that are full-time. Oh, really? 
Yeah, which I was really shocked yeah. by. Yeah, I mean, it always has been a really small amount, actually, like a handful. Um, yeah, but so I think people are going to have to let go of that idea. <laughs> definitely. And do you realize, I think, I mean, having done full time um, with Phoenix, with ASOS full time as well, I'm a freelance. I definitely prefer freelancing like, than. Um, Yes, it is. It depends on your circumstance as well, right? And some people would say they prefer working full time, and like, there's no like wrong or right or one's better than the other. I think the reason I prefer freelancing is that so much I can um, work a lot. I feel like I'm doing a lot of stuff. Whereas when I was working full time, all times it felt like I was doing a lot of the same thing. Freelance has so many options. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can work a lot with a lot of different people. Like, there's definitely some, like drier periods. Um, then I feel like I can invest more into my um, other interests can make this film or you know oh yeah when are you um I actually don't where is your podcast I should so I've only um this is the third episode I've recorded so it's going to be starting to get released next week I think oh okay great thank you I haven't told too many people about it yet because I I like getting things done before I start speaking about them do you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's good yeah I think it would be nice if the UK had some more chat around their dance. There's so many cool artists. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, there isn't really much like dance chat at all. <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> or the, if there is, it's all like it's quite ballet. There's not really much like contemporary. Yeah. Stuff. But... And maybe that's for a reason. Maybe we've got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> we've definitely got lots to say. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I obviously want to get into the industry and it's like how do you meet people so I just decided I'm just going to text them and speak to them <laughs> yeah yeah that's really great ways. <laughs> and I'll let you know when it's when it's live on air I'll share it around that you're doing it as well please do thank you I really appreciate that well I will see your stuff soon and probably see you around northern at some point and if you've got any classes you're running or even any open classes, let me know and I'll be there. <laughs> right. It's such a pleasure. Have a nice day. Bye, you too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Flow with Flow. Episodes will be out weekly and you can find out more on the Instagram. Flossy, 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 spelt F-L-O-S-S-I. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you have a lovely week. <laughs>